Well, g'day there and welcome to the Oak City Church podcast. We are so glad that you've joined us today for another encouraging message from our Sunday gatherings of Oak City Church. If we can connect with you in any way, please see us at oakcitychurch.com.au or check out our socials online. We hope to see you in person soon. Good morning, Oak City. It is so nice to be with you this morning. Uh, My name is Taryn, in case we haven't met, and I have been with Oak City for almost a year, which I am thrilled about. Um, So welcome back to the Hura's living room uh, for a second week in a row. Um, Quite fitting, really, because the passage that we're gonna be looking at this morning is, um, it's really a part two a part B, if you will, um, to the message that Ben preached uh, last week. If you haven't listened to Ben's message, um, I highly recommend that you do. I am not in the business of giving my husband undeserved flattery, but uh, it was a cracker of a message. Um, So yeah, if you want to listen to it and you haven't already, um, you can get it on Oak City's Spotify page um, where you can get all of the sermons, actually. Um, so yeah, I highly encourage you to listen to that as um, yeah, Ben unpacked a really timely message around um, removing our masks. So um, definitely worth a listen. So we might jump straight in now um, to our passage today um, which yeah at first read at first glance can seem kind of brutal bit of a a brutal few verses from Paul he's all about do this only do that make a clean break with this quickly and thoroughly do that can seem a little bit brutal and I know for me at first read maybe a little bit graceless and harsh but in the context of the wider chapter and the book as a whole it's actually drawing to a close the liberating encouragement that Paul has been giving us all along and that is to live with the freedom that Christ has given us when I read this passage in light of that it resonates with me around the concept of the true self and the false self. Now, those might be terms that you remember or recognize from Peter Scazzaro's book um, when we preached through that book, um, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. The passage reminds me of those things because Paul is telling us to live for God, to acknowledge the Holy Spirit that is within us, and to use Jesus as our example in all things. And if you're someone that calls yourself a Christian and lives for Jesus, you want to do all those things, right? And yet for many of us, we don't. And so this morning, I want to explore why that is. Recently, my two-year-old daughter, Zoe, and I have been watching a movie. Now, this one's for the kids, if they're still in the room. (laughs) Um, Tell me 
What movie is this? It is Moana. Um, now, in the movie Moana, there is a character called Maui. Now, here's a picture of Maui. This is Maui, it's Moana. Very important for context. <laughs> um, and Maui is kind of a superhero, kind of. And he has a magical hook. Now, Maui has, Maui's kind of lost his way a little bit. And he's just sort of living for himself and living for the power of his magic hook, um, which has become pretty integral to his identity. Moana's a young girl on a mission and she ropes Maui into her mission to help her. But along the way, Maui's hook gets damaged. It gets damaged beyond repair. And he's mad. He is mad at Moana. He is mad at himself. But he's mostly just mad that his hook is broken. And there's a point in the movie where he says to Moana, you don't get it. Without my hook, I am nothing. Now I've watched that movie quite a few times, but every single time that line hits deep. Maui's lost his belief in himself and has allowed himself to believe that he has to have this thing of value to do anything good. And I wonder if sometimes we're all a bit like Maui. We've stopped living authentic lives for Jesus because we've stopped believing that we actually can, whether consciously or subconsciously, I don't know. So instead we cling to the things that we think will make us look like we're living that authentic life for Jesus. We talk the talk and we just, we get things done ourselves, which is basically the definition for living as our false selves. I heard this quote that said, we can become so accustomed to living as our false selves that we can't even identify it anymore. You see, Maui clung to his magical hook. And for us, we might cling to, we might cling to fear over trust. We might cling to privacy over vulnerability and say things like, I don't need prayer, I'm a private person. We might cling to being tight-fisted and not letting go of things, not letting go of hurts, betrayals, not letting go of money, not letting go of the things that we feel we own or we deserve. We might cling to doing things that are self-promoting, making sure that someone has seen all of the things that we do for God. Full disclosure, I have been all of those things and continue to wrestle with them.
I've dodged prayer because I'm a private person. I've held on to betrayals. I've pushed myself to the front. I have lived and continue to live as my false self. Because it's a battle. And I'm guessing that maybe you have too. And so it's us, you and I, that Paul is talking to. He says in verse 30, don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. It's heavy. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for him. He goes on to say, make a clean break with all of that false stuff. Be gentle with one another, forgive one another, and live as your true self. And do this by watching what God does. He says, watch what God does, then you do it. Like children learning behavior from their parents. And the best bit? <laughs> he says, mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. That sounds amazing, right? Paul's not condemning us. He's not being harsh. He's liberating us again to live as true versions of ourselves, to live as our true selves. And yet there's something about this that still still feels easier said than done. There's got to be a reason that we keep reverting back to living as our false selves. If it were as easy as it sounded, we would live that life. That's who we would be, right? And yet we, we don't. We revert back to living as our false selves. And in one of his books, Peter Scazzaro, I think, he gives us the insight into why we do that. He's talking about Jesus as a man, right? As a human, like you and me. He's living his life here on earth. And he says, in living faithfully to his true self, Jesus disappointed a lot of people. He disappointed his family. They all thought he was crazy. He disappointed the people he grew up with in Nazareth. He disappointed his closest friends, his best mates, the disciples, when he just wasn't the kind of Messiah that they wanted him to be. And, and obviously he disappointed the religious leaders when he questioned the kind of faith they had, which ultimately led to, well, you know how it ends. <laughs> it's easy to see why we revert, right? I hate disappointing people. I hate feeling like I've let them down. And yet to live as our true selves means that we'll disappoint people. So why try? Why even try and live as our true selves? I think the answer to that is found in Galatians 5.1, where it says, 
It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And the message puts it, don't let anyone put a harness of slavery around you, anyone. Because that's what other people's expectations are. A yoke of slavery, their harness of slavery. Jesus disappointed a lot of people because they wanted him to be something else. And that something else would have enslaved him to their needs. To live as your true self, as Paul in this passage is calling you to, and me, is to live only as who God wants you to be. And he says in this passage that he wants you to learn a life of love. The kind of extravagant love that Christ had that doesn't love in order to get something, but in order to give something. Because that is a true life and a life of freedom. I really hope that this message has been the liberating message that I know Paul intended it to be, not the harsh condemning message that it can look, it can look like at the outset. So. Yeah, I'm going to conclude there and, and just pray for us. Um, yeah, Heavenly Father, I thank you that your heart and your intention for us is to live a life of love, the life that you have demonstrated for us and continue to lavish upon us. Would you help us to be apprentices and children at your elbow? just watching and learning from your incredible display of love for your children, um, that we would mimic that love and live that love and enjoy the freedom that comes from living that kind of life. Would you help us to see where we are living, living falsely, trying to be something else and guide us and help us to live as the true liberate, liberated versions of ourselves that you've not only created us to be, but that Jesus has enabled us to be through his sacrifice. And we pray all these things in his name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks, guys. And as always, if you would like any prayer for this sort of stuff, please reach out to, reach out to anyone. Reach out to your partner, reach out to your family, reach out to us. Um, yeah, we would love to pray for you. Bye.